Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleh Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Boy, did we have a doozy last night on Monday Night Football. Welcome into this Tuesday edition of the Lombardi Line alongside former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. I'm Stormy Bonantoni. Michael, I tried to warn everybody uh, yesterday. I tried to warn you them. You did. You did. Danny you Dimes. You warned me. I was on the Giants <laughs> yeah. like an idiot. You warned me. But here's where I was coming from on it. And there were two red flags, and you notified one of them. And you were right. And I'm going to listen to you. I hate to sound like I'm talking to Millie here, but I'm going to listen to you. (laughs) All right. That's one. You know, when you gave that stat about Daniel Jones, who really, I mean, he did not disappoint that stat whatsoever. Okay. But the second was was Seattle was going on a bye. Mm. And when you have a team going on a bye, they play at a different level to get that extra two days off or whatever they're going to get. And I thought wrongly that the Giants would, this would be their best game. I thought they would come out and this would be their best game. And frankly, it was their best game defensively. But when you've given up as many points as they have in terms of 21 on turnovers, they've only scored 46 as a team. Mm. It's been way wrong. It was it was so it was so ugly, Michael. And I think what makes it more egregious is the fact that they had 11 days to prepare for this game. And it still was that bad. The stat that Michael's referencing that I gave out yesterday, Danny Dimes in primetime is not money. Ladies Mm -hmm. and gentlemen, one in 12 straight up been sacked 48 times, 12 touchdowns to 18 interception ratio. So remember these numbers for Sunday night football in a couple weeks, by the way, when they play the bills, just remember these numbers. But uh, the final score last Last night, 24 to three at MetLife Stadium. So Seattle wins and covers easily as a two point favorite. Total goes under the 46 and a half. That Seattle first half came home easily as well. And as we continue to talk about numbers, Michael, the Giants at home have been outscored 64 to three in two games this season now. And through four games in the first half, we've seen that continue to set the tone. They have been outscored through the first two quarters, 77 to nine. And we talked yesterday about them being a team that's not built and made to come back and to dig themselves out of a hole. All they've been in is in a hole. The one time that they had success was against the Arizona Cardinals. And I think now we can certainly chalk that up to miracle comeback, fluke. This is not who the Giants are. They are not that team. They are a bad, bad team, Michael. And they took advantage of a bad um, bad schedule last year, right? Make the playoffs, Brian Dable, yeah. coach of the year, all those things. And we're seeing this year that it's, it, they just can't do that at this level. I've been saying it all along. Remember, I don't know if you remember, but there was a time off of the GM shuffle where I was getting plastered by giant fans, called out, laughed at, because I said the giants are paying players like they have the disease of me, like they've achieved something. Mm. Daniel Jones, 40 million. Sure. Here's money. Everybody's getting paid, right? You weren't any good. You were not any good last year. I mean, that's where it comes down to forget the scoreboard. Forget the scoreboard. Forget what your record is. I know Parcells says your record is what it says it is. But it, the reality of it is, is they're not any good. And, and they beat some bad teams. And when they played against a good team, Detroit, they got blown out. You know, I know they beat Minnesota, but we all know Minnesota's not a good team either. 
But think about this, and I've quoted this, I quoted this against the NFC East. They just paid Danny Dimes. They paid this guy $40 million, and against the NFC East, he has a career 86.8 rating. He's thrown 19 touchdowns. He's thrown 10 interceptions. He averages under 200 yards a game against the NFC East. That's worth $40 million? I mean, seriously, that's, worth four, that's what you get for $40 million? He's never been able to play against well against Dallas or against the Philadelphia Eagles, and that's what I tried to write about today. As the level of comp increases, his game isn't good enough. I love in the article, and by the way, go to vcin.com, check out this article that Michael has on QBs, and it does a lot of it centers around Daniel Jones specifically, but you compared it to a Navy pilot school, um, like great on the written and simulated tests, but in combat type situations, Daniel Jones isn't going to be the guy. You said it made no sense to pay Jones. Nothing in his play suggested he could raise his level of play. In fact, when the game got tougher versus tougher competition, he faded. And this is a Giants team, Michael, that could have franchise tagged Daniel. Jones like they didn't pick up his fifth year option for a reason and then they're put in this situation this past offseason to pick between him and Saquon Barkley and they pick him right and because well they knew they were going to get they were going to franchise one of them right well they should have probably tried to sign Barkley but or maybe they shouldn't have signed either right I said this I would have franchised Barkley and let Jones go to the market who am I going to compete against with Jones in the market who was stealing Jones from me 100% but this goes back to the inherent problems of the New York football giants. They love their own players. They have loved their own players. They are a self-fulfilling prophecy within the building. They want to sign all their own guys. They think they, you know, they drafted this kid the sixth pick in the draft. And Stormy, he's a nice kid. He's smart. He's everything you want, except when the game speeds up, it's not good. Witherspoon said we knew all in the scouting report that he was going to stare down the receivers. Yes, that's true. He does. But he also doesn't look down the field. The guy has never averaged over seven yards per complete per, per attempt in his career. In his career. And you just paid a guy that you know to get to a Super Bowl, you have to have somewhere around 8-0 to get there from your quarterback. And well, you just paid a guy $40 million who's never done it? Like, come on. I mean, <laughs> that's just stupid. And what does that say about your quarterback, too, that a rookie DB is like saying, oh, yeah, we 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 saw all this on tape. We knew what he was going to be. And this is why, in my opinion, you don't pay somebody off of a one season sample size of success. If you go back through who Daniel Jones has been throughout his entire career, um, first three years in the league, ranked 23rd in QBR, 28th in touchdown interception ratio, 34th in turnovers for, per game. And as I referenced, they did not elect to pick up that fifth year option. Last year, seventh, seventh, and first in those categories, and they sign him to the extension, believing that he would continue to have success in Dable's system. And that's just that's just not the reality of the situation. It was one year against lesser than competition. To your point, when he plays good teams, he does not have success. And unfortunately, there's no refund in this situation. Buyer's remorse is no good here. You can't take Daniel Jones back to the counter and say he's defective, Michael. That's just not how it works. And yeah. from the dollars and cents <laughs> of it all, what is it? This contract uh, includes $82 million guaranteed through 24. So the Giants could get out of the final two years if they eat at least $18 million of dead money in 2025. But that's still relying on him all of this year and all of next year before you could even do that if you wanted to. I mean, look, it, it is, it's clear. It's clear. It, 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 it's they, again, I'm going to say this until I'm blue in the face. They love to <laughs> sign their own players. They just do. It's their way of vindicating their family-run business. That's what they do. They won't, don't want anybody. It's it's a family-operated business. And look, Dayball fell into the trap. Trust me, he was warned. He was warned. Like if you're going down this road with the quarterback, don't let these wins affect your thinking. Don't let that don't let that become a cocktail for your thinking. Don't believe he's the. I mean, Saquon said it. I don't have to say it. He said it in a nice way. We just paid the guy. I'm the guy that runs the team, not him. So obviously it was brutal for Daniel Jones last night. Um, The interception, the fumble, the offensive line didn't help him out at all. The offensive line, Michael, was so bad that even a wide receiver got sacked when Paris Campbell came into the game for an eight-yard loss. So just talk me through what you saw from that area. And obviously, for as much as we want to ding Daniel Jones, and rightfully Mm -hmm. so, he didn't have a lot of help up front. 
Well, what I saw was a defense that went into the game with five sacks in three games, and they game-planned to speed up Daniel Jones. They said, look, we're going to play man-to-man. We've got Witherspoon back. We've got Woolen. We're really good at corner. We may not be great in the front, but we're going to rush five. We're going to make this bad line block on an island, and we're going to attack the quarterback, and we're going to speed him up. And we'll mix in some zone. We'll mix in some man. We'll rush four. But we are going to be aggressive going after him with stunts and movement. That was the game plan. And that is the game plan against Daniel Jones. Attack the pocket. Don't let him have easy throws. Tackle really well on the skill players when they get the ball. And try to make a living in man-to-man. I mean, look, the Arizona game, Arizona got tired. So he had time to throw the ball. The right tackle, even if when Thomas comes back, that'll make the left side much better. But it's not going to help the other four guys. Think about this, Stormy. The Seattle Seahawks last night, they started the game with two backup tackles. Both tackles that started last year did not play in the game. Mm. Then during the game, they lost both guards. So at the end of the game, they had four of their five starting offensive linemen were not even on the field. And yet they were able to win the game. Well, that's what's funny is I feel like one every- of the reasons I like the Giants. I like the Giants because I felt like, look, they held them to 280 yards last year. It, they turned it over twice on a punt return. Last night, the punt, the guy dropped the ball again. Nobody mentioned it on TV. He dropped it again. Not the same guy, but they they fumbled the punt again. And I thought they could move the ball. I mean, Seattle's defense isn't what it looked like last night, or it hasn't looked like that. I mean, remember Detroit? How many did they put on? 35. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing, like everybody was talking about, oh, well, the, the Giants obviously have a lot of injuries up front. But to your point, Seattle had injuries and they entered the game down four total starters left down seven. So, yeah, like they were up against it as well. Daniel Jones has been sacked 22 times in four games. He's been sacked six times after just having five all of last year. I mean, sorry, intercepted six times after five all of last year. Three touchdowns, two passing, one rushing. It's just... It's a bad situation for the Giants. It's not going to get any easier this week against the Miami Dolphins. Forward. Let's let's lead in let's lead into the next break and play this forward. They play Miami next. God knows. Right? <laughs> Miami just gave up what? How many to Buffalo? They have to go to Miami. How many do you think? Ponder this during the break. How many do you think how many points do you think Daniel Jones can lead my can lead the Giants to against Miami? Think about it. We'll get back to it. Yeah. It's it's going to be a rough one next week. I don't that number just keeps creeping up and up. I said ten and a half would would be a gift on Miami. You look down and it's already eleven. We'll revisit that topic when we return here on the Lombardi Line. Don't go anywhere. We're just getting started. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. 
Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Don't forget on DraftKings Sportsbook this season, new customers can bet $5 in pocket, $200 in bonus bets instantly. Plus, all customers can get a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day. Download the app and use the promo code VEGAS when you sign up. That's V-E-G-A-S. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. As we welcome you back to the Lombardi line, alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bon and Tony with you. Just continuing to recap Monday Night Football last night where Seattle makes easy work of the bad New York football giants 24 to 3 your final here Michael and as we push this forward it does not get any easier for Daniel Jones and the Giants moving forward who have to face the juggernaut offense of the Miami Dolphins coming up this week yeah I mean and look how good is the Giants defense I mean we really don't know they the 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 the, the Dallas game was over before it started right Mm mm-hmm block field goal return for touchdown you know and then interception return for touchdown I mean look the Giants have given up 21 points on returns this season after four games that's you know that's that's really unbelievable plus they've turned it over and they don't create turnovers with their defense even though they try to pressure the quarterback can they cover are they going to be able to rush the quarterback I mean look two is going to have his time it's going to be a challenge you can't build that eight-man front against Tua like Martindale wants to do and try to attack the pocket if you can't hold up on the outside. Mm-hmm. And Adoree Jackson didn't look like he could hold up on the outside last night. So, I mean, it's going to be my, – my sense of it is, is I'm sitting here, as I asked you before we went to break, if I wrote down, say the Giants had a really good day and they scored 21 points, you don't think, that, you don't think Miami can score 34 Absolutely. I mean, they scored 20 against Buffalo and 24 against New England, and both those defenses are better than the Giants. Absolutely. And you look at what they, they gave up 24 to a, a beat up, injury riddled Seattle team. They let Arizona score 31, Arizona, who hasn't scored more than 16 to any of their other three opponents this season. And then offensively, the Giants have scored 43 total points this year, Michael. So, like, I don't yeah. see them putting up 21 against Miami, even with Miami's defensive struggles at times. Like, so it's just it feels like it feels like any number right now on Miami is a gift and I'd be willing to lay it. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, especially considering that Daniel Jones takes forever to get the ball down the field. I mean, their receivers ever think about this. How long do we hear about, oh, they got Darren Waller. You know, they've added so many skilled players. This is going to be explosive offense. That's all we heard about all offseason, right? Waller averages 10 yards a catch. Paris Campbell is the second leading receiver on the team. The second leading receiver on the team, he averages 4.4 yards per catch. His longest reception of the year is nine. Where are we going with that, Stormy? Like where, Dominic, my grandson's, his flag football, they're averaging more than four four-year catch. Like where are we go? What are we doing throwing him the ball 14 times? Well, and that's what, like, like, but why that's are what you, you get. Why are you not targeting Darren Waller? Like how long in the game was he stuck at one target for five yards? He ended up finishing the day with three and 24, but it, it made no sense to me throughout the course of this game, especially given what I imagine Brian Dable initially went up to talk to Daniel Jones on the sideline about before just throwing the surface pro down to the ground was that Darren Waller was wide open in the end zone when he ends up throwing that inevitable 97 yard pick six to Devin Witherspoon. Yeah, but but like we all know, is he he has a propensity. This is not Daniel Jones's fault. He showed everybody this. 
his eye level never is down the field. That's why he's never been able to average over seven yards per attempt. Mm. He's going to take the the check down. He's going to take the short pass. And when you take away the play action pass and you take away some of those, he's just not going to make the throw. Look, it's not his fault. You know, it's not his fault they paid him $40 million. <laughs> It's that they just wanted to reinforce themselves as being a great front office. And, you know, and people think, well, you just don't like the Giants. I do like the Giants a lot. I do. I don't like how they're set up. When the Giants won all through the years, the family never got involved with the team. George Young ran the team. Bill Parcells coached the team. But since then, you know, John Mara is now the president of the team. They, they, the family runs the team. And, and the people in the organization have been there forever. Mm. And when you're someplace forever, it, you're not really inclined to think wins or losses determine your future. A one and three start now for the New York Giants probably should be 0 and four. And it looks like it's just going to dig deeper in the hole over the next couple of weeks. We, we do have more news coming out of the National Football League overnight, though, Michael. Um, we got word out of Indy, everybody. Colts head coach Shane Steichen saying that Jonathan Taylor will practice on Wednesday. They're going to remove him from the physically unable to perform list that made him ineligible to play the first four weeks. Steichen said they had, quote, great conversations. And Taylor is super excited to be back with his teammates. So he's going to practice. Still obviously doesn't have the contract um, that he's been seeking or the trade that he's been seeking. So for our purposes, Michael, how should we unpack this information moving forward? Well, I mean, look, we'll see if he's healthy. I mean, does he stay healthy? Is he able to be healthy through the thing? You know, and so I think that's really where we're going to go. They could certainly use him. Mm -hmm. Look, you watched the fourth quarter of that game. Uh, Anthony Richardson was dynamic. He was really good. He threw the ball down the field. He made some incredible throws. As I said to you yesterday, he looked like Cam Newton, but a better thrower. Like He's a problem. He's going to be a problem. And it looked like he was more aware of how to get down, how to not create those unnecessary hits. And then you put Taylor back there. If they get any kind of production from their offensive line where they can get their starting left tackle back in the game, uh, that would certainly help them. But to me, this kid's really good, and he's doing it with not a lot of skill. There's not a lot of skill players around him, and they don't have much separation, but he's able to drive the ball. His accuracy has improved. He will be a challenge for the Titans this week because these are always great games, the back and forth between this. Henry really got really played well last year. I think he averaged five yards a carry in the game against them last season in Indianapolis. But that you have to attack the Titans. The only way to attack the Titans is you have to add, you have to be able to attack them in the passing game. And I think Richardson with his movement can do that. Because if it's a drop back pass game like Cincinnati tried to do, this front's too good for Tennessee. The Colts are a one-point favorite in the game, total 42-and-a-half at home. And to your point about if if he plays this week and if he's healthy enough to go, Zach Taylor said could be yes when asked about it yesterday. Uh, I think it's important to note, too, that he hasn't practiced since, what, December of last year with this group. He's never practiced under Steichen. He's never handed the ball off to Anthony Richardson. So a few things that they're probably going to have to work out. But it certainly seems like the Colts are operating with the expectation that that they have done enough to make this relationship work wild, that it'll be a positive thing for them on the field, which I think is a good thing for all involved. And Zach Moss, who has been playing in that role, had some really good moments, but also largely inconsistent. So definitely needed, and he'll boost that offense that has looked a lot better with Anthony Richardson than I think a lot of us anticipated from the start of the season. Now, the Colts are playing, Michael, in what I feel like is a super weird AFC South division right now where they're all 2-2. Two and two. Jags are the plus 145 favorite, Titans plus 235, Colts plus 380, and Texans plus 475. Do you like either of those two longer shots in Indy or Houston led by the rookie quarterbacks to win the AFC South? Well, I I think Houston's playing really well. This will be an interesting game for Houston as they go into Atlanta. Do you remember last year when your 49ers went into Atlanta? Now, they were all beat up when they went in there. But Atlanta was able to run the ball 40 times on them and controlled the ball, uh, had 168 yards rushing. And so, to me, they and they dominated the time of possession in the game. They kept the 49ers, who turned the ball over three times in the game, and they lost. This will be a challenge for Houston, because I do think Atlanta understands how to attack the 49er front, 
and they understand how to attack the scheme that Kyle runs, which is exactly the two fronts and the scheme that the Texans run. So you, you got to give a little bit of love here to Arthur Smith and understanding how to attack D'Amico Ryans because they played against each other last year. But let's make no mistake about it. Stroud from the first pass of the year in the preseason where he stared down the outside receiver and wouldn't throw the ball to where he is now averaging eight yards per attempt, having thrown an interception. In, in three game in four games has not thrown an interception has protected the ball and and has scored 40 points in the fourth quarter think about that now yeah. 40 points in the fourth when he has to throw it when he has to make a play they're putting the ball in the end zone so look do I think this trend can continue no I thought that last week the Steelers front would give him a lot of trouble with all the backup linemen but Stroud's been far more better far better than I thought he would be And we'll talk about Stroud a little bit more later on in the show when we get to the Offensive Rookie of the Year categories. We're going to look at a few awards markets. But you wrote in that article today that you have up at vcin.com that just goes to show sometimes some of the preseason stuff that we look at is pretty meaningless. And C.J. Stroud's a great example of that because he didn't look good in the preseason. And he has looked the best of that bunch by far here to start the year at the quarterback position. And I asked the question to you yesterday in the NFC South, who's the best quarterback right now? And my answer was, Baker Mayfield for the AFC South like I'm trying to figure out who's the best quarterback right now obviously Trevor Lawrence with the Jaguars is going to be that go-to option but I mean up and down this it's not been great overall and maybe that could send an opening for one of these rookie quarterbacks like CJ Stroud we're going to step aside we have more quarterback news to get to injury updates on a couple marquee players you need to know about This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Looking to be a better better? Of course you are. And tens of thousands of people have already turned to Juice Reel. That's Juice, R-E-E-L, in the App Store. Juice Reel is not a sports book. It is a tool to help you beat the books. Juice Reel connects all your betting accounts into one place, loads your betting history, and gives you an analytical edge backed by nearly a billion dollars in bets from sports bettors in all 50 states. Use that data to follow the winners and fade the losers. Don't place another bet until you've downloaded this incredible sports betting tool, Juice Reel. That's Juice, like orange juice, Reel, R-E-E-L. It's absolutely Absolutely free. Download Juice Rail to your iPhone or Android device today and become a better, better. We got some NFL quarterbacks to update the folks at home on Joe Burrow, Kenny Pickett, Justin Herbert. Uh, let's start with the Cincinnati Bengals. Michael, head coach Zach Taylor saying Joe Burrow will start in week five against the Cardinals. This one in three Bengals team averaging just 12.3 points per game. Also, by the way, T. Higgins um, not quite ruled out playing week five against the Cardinals when Taylor was asked about his injury, but let's stick with the burrow of it all, Michael, because I, I don't agree with this. And and we talked about it a little bit yesterday when we had Joe Burrow step into your office, but I don't feel like playing through this injury is helping him or the team at this point. I don't think it is either, but I think that their alternative isn't going to help them either. You know, I think him on one leg is better than Browning on two is what they're telling us. Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, they even released, they, they signed a, a kid to their practice squad uh, the other day, uh, and they released him off the practice squad. So they're down to what they, Ryan Stidham, they signed, and now they let him go. So I'm with you, Stormy. I mean, look, he, he can't, he's in one place the whole time. He can't drive the ball down the field. Uh, they are very predictable offensively. Their offensive line is a mess. It's a mess. They're not being able to block movement stunts, and it's created a lot of problems for Burrow. I mean, Tennessee, that game was 27-3, to but it was not as close as that. Tennessee played their best football of the, of the year, and Cincinnati's not the same team defensively. They're in the bottom, bottom third of EPA. They're in the bottom third offensively and defensively in almost all the categories that you look at. And, and one thing about Arizona – well, I tried to make the case for Joshua Dobbs yesterday for him being comeback player of the year. Because when you look at his numbers, what he's been able to do, moving the football, running, making throws. He's their second leading ball carrier on the team. He's averaging six yards a carry on 24 carries. He's throwing at a 70% completion rate. He's not he's not turned the ball over at, at all, all season. You know, and I know he's only averaging 6.6 yards per attempt, but he's a Zach Ertz play away from probably being three and one. So 
This will be a hard game for the Bengals. And I think the betting market, I don't know if you've noticed, but the betting market, the public at least, has been all over. This number opened, I think, at five, and now it's down to a solid three across the board. Yeah, the the number on the look ahead even was Bengals minus eight and a half. It reopened five wow. after the games and then has been solidly still bet the other way that the Bengals are now just a three-point favorite in the spot against Arizona for all of the reasons that you just mentioned. I think that... The biggest problem with Joe Burrow, and you referenced it, is the lack of ability to get the ball downfield. Like the way that things are with that calf, he's not able to plant properly and be in a position to do what he needs to with the football. And I just I just feel like and I know what you said about Jake Browning, that if you're the Bengals, you're just doing your team and your quarterback a disservice, because what if he continues to take hits and I I don't know if they're not worried about the fear of re-injury but I, I feel like they should be because he just doesn't look anything he's a complete shell of himself we compared the numbers yesterday with Zach Wilson who yes has one good game under his belt but Joe Burrow's numbers statistically across the board are worse than Zach Wilson's right now the Bengals do not have a first half touchdown this season only them and the Giants are in that category like these are not people and things that you want to be associated with right now and at one and three yeah. this is going to be a real uphill battle yeah and and the way this cardinal team plays they're not great they play hard they yeah. actually believe in themselves right i mean they really believe in themselves and so i i think to me that's going to be an issue and cincinnati's walking into a lion's den again and defensively, they have not been able to kind of find their way around. They haven't been able to rush the pass. I mean, they did against the Rams, but that Ram win was very misleading because the Rams lost, lost their tackle Jackson. They had to move Watson over there. That didn't work. This year, this week, this last week, they put Note Bloom over there. That worked. But Burrow can't drive the ball. And because he can't drive the ball, I mean, he looks nothing like the player we once saw. Nothing like that. So what do we think about Kenny Pickett? He reportedly avoided a major injury this past week after having to leave the game in the third quarter on that sack, dealing with a bone bruise in his knee. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport saying he's also got a muscle strain, but that he's not expected to miss much, if any, time. If you're Tomlin, though, in the Steelers, is there any desire as you kind of look at the schedule and see that week six bye staring at you in the face that, hey, maybe let's get a plan in place this week for Mitch Trubisky, do what we can do in this spot, and then get Kenny pick a two weeks full rest and have him ready for the Rams week seven. Yeah. I mean, I think what Tomlin said, he expects some changes and everybody yeah. thinks it's going to be, he's going to fire Canada. You know, that's all the changes. I, I don't know if he's going to do that or not. You know, I think it, this offense is hard to call plays for. I think Pickett's a guy that has regressed. There's no question from his, the second half of his rookie season to where he is now. I could see them putting Trubisky in there. Look, this Baltimore team they're facing for all the injuries that they've endured this year, Marlon Humphrey not playing, you know, they lose guys left and right, no rushers. They they haven't given up very many yards passing. They've been incredibly productive in their secondary, incredibly productive as a team defense. And so it's going to be hard. When, when Pittsburgh wins games, which has only been two so far this year, it's been they've made one big play in the game. 70-yarder to Pickens to beat Cleveland, a 71-yarder to beat to beat uh, the Raiders in Las Vegas. So, look, you know, teams are averaging eight yards per catch against the Ravens secondary. Eight yards a catch. And that's pretty impressive. The longest pass play they've given up is 34 yards. And if you can't run the ball against them, it's going to be hard to move the ball. I mean, they've played really well. The Colts game, they lose a lot of injuries. But the Colts didn't dominate the game. Mm -hmm. You know, it was an overtime game. They had to kick a long field goal to win it. Tucker missed one. It was a very close game. This one, you always know these are going to be close games. Mm -hmm. Always know that. But the way Pittsburgh's offense is, is going right now, it's not good. Yep. Four point spread. Baltimore, a four point road favorite in the spot. The total low 38 and a half. But if it were to be Trubisky, yes, obviously the way last year panned out, he loses the job to pick it week four. But he was still needed in a number of instances down the stretch that season where in the 
three games that he made appearances later, he completed 75% of his pass attempts for nearly 600 yards, 9.4 yards per attempt. He was being sacked less. So maybe there is some reason for optimism. If Trubisky did need to come in for one game, he was two and one in those three games. Um, and said when he was asked about the possibility of being called on in this spot, quote, I feel comfortable. That's why they brought me back here to be ready to go at any moment without notice. So we'll keep tabs on that, but pick it. Nothing official right now, just that he might play this week for the Los Angeles chargers. Justin Herbert has a fractured middle finger on his non-throwing left hand. And according to a team spokesperson, Michael, he would be listed as probable to play this Sunday, but fortunately the chargers are on a buy. So he gets a little bit of extra time. Yeah, I mean, which he's going to need. I mean, you know, it's hard to be in, it's hard to take the undersnap center with a hand with a broken hand. So we'll be in shotgun. They had it wrapped up at the end of the game. Why he ran a quarterback sneak with him <laughs> with that with that elbow, with that hand yep. like that. I have no idea. Two weeks in a row, they were able to win it. Well, you it's know, your, favorite, it's your favorite coach making decisions. That's why. Oh, my God. It's unbelievable. It, 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 going back to Pittsburgh, though, last year. Pickett, when they were playing good the second half of the season, Huntley was playing quarterback for Baltimore. It was a back-and-forth game. Trubisky came in because Pickett got hurt in that game, and they moved the ball, but Trubisky turned it over in the high red zone. Mm. You know, So I would not be surprised if he went with Trubisky just to kind of maybe give himself a chance to have some movement. But when you go with Trubisky, you're always risking you're going to turn the ball over. You're always risking that. And, you know, Pickett's got four interceptions already on the year. So are you really risking a lot? I guess that's the question. But this team's only scored 62 points all year. So they can't score. They cannot score. Yeah. And I think through four games, the one consistency we've seen is that they're inconsistent. So you said it. Mike Tomlin said, hell yeah, we need to make some changes. So we'll see what those end up ultimately being as they try to figure things out. And I need them to because I need that season win total over, baby. Uh, also, Tredavious White, the, the worst fears were confirmed. It is a season ending torn Achilles um, that came through in the MRI yesterday. We just didn't get that confirmed news until after we were off of the air already. But the Bills defense, Michael, has looked really Really good. I know we have to hit a break here, but mm. they lead the league in takeaways, sacks per drop back, fourth in passing yards per game allowed, and uh, and the sack numbers that they've had without Von Miller. So hopefully they can st- continue to stand tall without Tre'Davious White. Yeah, I mean they, they will because he's a really good coach, and they don't want to get in a man-to-man game. They'll pick their spots, but he does a great job with what they're doing. They did a great job on that tape. So we hit some of the injuries. We have a few more headlines and topics I want to touch on next, and we're going to get Michael's opinion in no way or no doubt. I'm always weirdly excited for this segment, so don't go anywhere. We got plenty more coming up here on the Lombardi line. This is VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. It's an election year, so there's a lot of focus on the voters that TikTok is reaching. The initial reaction is like, oh, things are looking so resilient. I don't want to be too pessimistic, but I just don't see the political will down in Washington right now to to change their tune. I think the American electorate has been signaling that it expects a rematch of the 2020 election. These are unprecedented times. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. 
Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Before you make your next bet, be sure to visit vcin.com and check out the current betting splits data. Want to know where the money and bets are moving for every game? The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings odds every five minutes so you can see changes in action. Find out where the public's betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. You can check out not just today's action, but future events as well. Betting splits another way. vcin is here to make you a more informed, better year-round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com. Disagree with these takes? No way. Uh uh-uh, uh, no way. Or do you approve? Oh, no doubt. No doubt. No doubt, my mind. No diggity, no doubt. It's time to ask Michael Lombardi no way or no doubt. Okay, so you never want to be too prisoner of the moment, I know, but the Giants looked so. So bad on Monday night, Michael. It's hard not to. They're 1-3. They're lucky not to be 0-4 at this point. So, no way or no doubt, as we look at the Giants' updated season win total, five and a half wins is still too high of an in-season total for the Giants. I think it is. You know, I haven't been on the Giants. I didn't understand all the hoopla. I took a beating this offseason for criticizing them and saying they're not as good as Giant fans were buying Super Bowl tickets and planning their Vegas stay. Um, I, I think that I think what's the number in the offseason? Seven and a, was mm-hmm. it seven and a half or eight and a half? Seven and a half, I believe. Five and a half. I mean, five, that means you got to get the six. You got to find five more wins on that card. Mm-hmm. I don't see. You see five wins on that card? I don't. I'm looking at the schedule right now. You see the next two games at Miami and at Buffalo. Maybe you could get the Commanders and Jets. So that's three because they play Washington twice. Maybe Raiders, but I don't think that they're going to beat the Eagles. I don't think that they're going to beat the Rams, the Patriots. I, like as for as rough as the Patriots have been, I still give them the edge. It's it's a tough look right now for this Giants squad. Hey, if you want the under five and a half, ladies and gentlemen, plus one twenty five, you can get that pr- plus money price. Yeah, I, I think I might do that. I mean, I think that's the best play. I think that's the best play. I thought though, I thought Washington would finish in front of them, and based based on four games, Washington's played better than they have. Now Washington's got their own issues. Don't get me wrong, defensively, offensive line, but Washington played Philly tough. That's one thing we've never seen the Giants do, other than the game when Davis Love uh, played in the game. I think it was down there in Philly last year when it didn't matter for the Giants. They were in the playoffs anyway. And the Eagles barely won. Hurts came back from the injury. So, like, they have never played the Eagles in a competitive game. They've played the Cowboys a little tougher, but they've never played the Eagles in a competitive game. So, like, they've never gone up in class. When they can play teams that that are not good, they usually play okay. Yeah, I I think in the division in general, it's it's been an uphill battle. But I I did mention the Patriots is a game that might be a a coin flip, but I would give the edge to New England. Let's talk about this Pats team. They're three and nine, their last 11 games, 26 and 28 since 2019, with just one lackluster playoff performance in that time. They are coming off Belichick's worst loss as a head coach in New England to the Cowboys, where they were not only outplayed, but seemingly outcoached. Mac Jones gets benched, and you'd be hard-pressed to find many redeeming qualities about him the last two seasons as well. No way or no doubt. The Patriots will be in the quarterback and or head coach market next offseason. 
I gotta well, I ask it. You know, I gotta ask quarter... it. <laughs> well, I mean, look, if somebody wants to fire the one of the winningest coaches of all time, I think he's third on the list. And you know, find somebody that's better. I think that's my guy. Who won six Super Bowls, like I wrote about today in in the column. It's hilarious. Where would Belichick be without Brady? Okay. Where would Belichick be without Brady? Where would Sean McVay be without Matthew Stafford? We saw that last year. Where would Chuck Knoll be without Terry Bradshaw? Where would Don Shula be even with Dan Marino? Four times he doesn't make the playoffs. Like this, this whole notion of the one guy made the other guy is ridiculous. All great coaches need a great quarterback. You're not winning in this league without a great quarterback. That's a fact. Alex Smith... And Andy Reid traded for Alex Smith to then get better when he signed to Patrick Mahomes. That's the reality. So, like, this, that, that's such a lazy narrative. People on my Twitter line, oh, they post Belichick's record without Brady. Yeah, seriously? You want to post Knowles' record without Bradshaw? You know, you want to go post some of these other coaches without great quarterbacks? It's, it's part of the gig. Now, when you get one, you got to make them better. Because what I cited in the column was there's nobody better than Warren Moon. He threw for 28 miles of yards in the NFL, 28 miles of yards. And they went to one conference championship game. You can't get better than Warren Moon as a talent. That Euler team, you can't get better than that team. One conference championship team. So it's a really lazy narrative. So if you want to fire the coach who's won six Super Bowls, I don't think he'll be unemployed very long. Good luck. I think where where people get the most riled up about the Brady Belichick of it all is because Tom obviously wins the Super Bowl that next season with Tampa Bay. So it gets maybe inflated or like over magnified a little bit from that standpoint. So you're saying no way for Belichick and no doubt for Mac? I would say no way for Belichick, no doubt for Mac. Okay. I mean, look, Just Mac's got to play better. I mean... I mean, you're, you, you, you know, the one thing what I've learned working for VEASAN for five years, almost five years now, is there are some numbers that translate into player evaluations, right? Like, I would have never thought that Mac Jones as an underdog was 0-12. Mm-hmm. But it's a revealing stat when you look at it. He's 0-12 as an underdog. Like, he's never been able to win as a dog, whereas we cite... I mean, Mike Tomlin's liable to be a five-point dog at home against Baltimore this week. How many people you think are running to the window to play Tomlin? <laughs> Forget who plays quarterback, right? Forget who plays quarterback. Everybody's running to the window, you included, to play Tomlin because he's really good in a tough situation because he rises to the level of comp. You can't say that about the quarterback for the Patriots. We talked about the issues with Joe Burrow um, and how he's played so far with the Cincinnati Bengals. No way or no doubt, Michael, the Bengals will finish last in the AFC North this year. I I think there's no doubt they will. They're not Mm. the best team. They're not the best team. Defensively, they're missing something. They really are. They're not the next team. And, you know, offensively, they're worse than the offensive line. And I don't think that Zach Taylor's done a good job of modifying his offense to where people have caught up to him. And I think that's the problem. Yeah, they are currently last in the division, and it doesn't. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of qualities that make us believe that they're going to get better moving forward this week. How about with the New York Jets? Zach Wilson had by far his best performance so far this season and one of the best of his career as an NFL pro. Nathaniel Hackett, no way or no doubt, Michael, unlocked something in Wilson. They can win with him, as Sala likes to say. Uh, I'm not ready to go there because I think when you go back and look at last year, week four of the season against Pittsburgh. He comes off the bench and he has a good game, right? He plays well in that Pittsburgh game. He's 18 for 36. He's, uh, you know, he throws for 252 yards. He has a touchdown. You know, he leads them on a comeback win. Great. Everybody was high. But then it just fell apart again. I think Zach Wilson's going to have to prove that he can put three really good games together in a row for me to say no doubt. That's where I am. Now, my question back to you in this segment is, why are not more people betting the the Jets in this game? That's the worst defense in the history of football. You don't think Zach Wilson and the Jets can move the ball on this team? 
The Broncos, a two-point home favorite at mile high against the Jets. I, that's another one that's a head-scratcher. There were a few this week that, that made you wonder why. One of them being the Bengals, who we just referenced a moment ago, taking on the Arizona Cardinals, and we've seen that number dip for a reason. The game of the week. Dallas Cowboys and San Francisco 49ers going head-to-head this weekend. Michael giving us all the 80s and 90s rivalry nostalgia vibes. No way or no doubt, it will be a rock fight, just like last year's playoff game between these two. It was a 19-12 final. Oh, I think there'll all be a rock fight. I think there's no question about that. I think the Niners are the better team. I think if you watch the tape, the, the Niners will be able to do some things with that. This is where the this is where Diggs shows up as a, as not having enough guys to cover, because the Niners are a matchup problem. They are a matchup problem. But I do think this will be a, a a really hard game. I think the Niners at the end. I think what you'll see that'll stay three and a half all week. Mm-hmm. I think if it goes to three, you're going to see a lot of Niner money come in. I would find it hard to believe uh, for it to get to that three. But uh, the Niners, yes, as you referenced, three and a half at home in Santa Clara. And these are two teams, top five in scoring offense, top five in scoring defense. The reason I asked the question on whether or not it'll be a rock fight, that total sitting at 45, is one of these offenses going to be able to go off against the very competitive defense? I don't know. I don't know. And as a 49ers fan, I am already stressing, and it is only Tuesday. We have to step aside. The music is telling us it's time for a break. But when we return, we will reset for hour two on VSIN and DraftKings Network. Don't go anywhere. This is the Lombardi Line. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C., We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty, Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 